Richard, thank you so much for coming in today. Um, just so the people that are watching this understand how we met each other, it was pretty cool. Um, we have two connections. So the first connection was uh, David Watson, our rep at Zillow, um, introduced us to each other because he felt that we um, we could benefit from knowing each other and sort of masterminding with each other a little bit. And then you started watching some of the earlier podcasts that I did, the one with Matthew Wheatley yeah. particularly, whom you've done a broker open with in the past. And we decided that it'd probably be a good idea to bring you in, sort of turn on the lights, the cameras and the microphones and have a conversation about some of the stuff that's affecting the industry right now. Um, so Richard Vaughn and you're with Mainframe Real Estate. Yes, sir. Yep. Right. Um, and by the way, proof that there's no ulterior motive here. I'll talk to anyone from any company. Um, this is just, uh, for me, it's an exercise of hopefully um, raising the bar in the industry and providing information that I don't feel has been uh, put out there otherwise. Uh, but tell me a little bit about yourself and sort of some of these industry trends that you wanted to sure. um, have I a mean, voice. Yeah, I, I was listening to you and realized that there was a like-minded person out there because mm -hmm. I've been trying to bring things to people's attention, and, and it seems like they just want to ignore some of the disruptors and, and a lot of the stuff that's going on. And to give you an idea, um, before I was in real estate, I was partners in a couple of IT firms. Mm -hmm. And every five years or so, we had to reinvent ourselves because technology changed and there'd be brand new things out there, you know, like the cloud. Nine years ago, I was part of a uh, conglomeration of people trying to describe what that was, and it didn't exist. And now, the federal government is changing all their servers to the cloud. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how much it changed in nine years. Well, I see us going through uh, some changes like that in the real estate industry. And I got into this as I got out of the IT business. I wanted to say, I don't want to pick the next big thing. Mm -hmm. Let's get into real estate, right? Great choice, right? As soon as I get in, we get all these disruptors. There's all this mm -hmm. stuff that's going on right now. And it's kind of interesting. And it kind of brings me back deja vu to some of the stuff that, that happens in the technology industry with with a lot of the stuff that's going on with iBuyers and some of the other things that are going on as well. So that's, that's why I'm here. Yeah, and so we'll unpack that a little bit. Um, your background is pretty unique because you come from an IT background. Um, and one of the things that I think our industry needs is a little more sort of specialized focus in some of these areas. Um, there is this misconception that just because I've sold X number of houses or because right. I've been licensed for this amount of time, I'm suddenly an IT expert or I'm suddenly an expert on these other areas. Right. And, I, I, and I think there is an agent out there that probably spend a large part of their life, decades in the IT world that would understand IT even within the real estate context better than me, mm -hmm. who has done this, you know, going on for so many years now. Um, Let's talk first about the iBuyer thing, mm -hmm. okay. um, because that's that's sort of a hot topic right now, one that I'm very passionate about, and you are too. And um, tell me a little bit about your perspective and your experience with the whole thing. And for the people that are watching this that don't know what an iBuyer is, mm -hmm. pause this video, go Google iBuyer, yep. and then get back to it yep. um, when, once you Google it. Yep. Well, and, and just to clarify things, I was not a geek IT guy. Right. I was sales and marketing and, and ownership and that Nothing type of stuff. Geeks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, well, you know, what, what we're seeing now, and I got some specific examples, is uh, something that a lot of the realtors are ignoring. Um, I think there's some iBuyers out there that'll 
that'll give you an instant offer for your house and you can close in two weeks. And people are looking at that now in our industry and saying, well, it doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. I got all this business going on. I have these referrals and some things like that. But, you know, I was talking to David and I have to give him kudos. I never had the Zillow rep actually come in and start working with mm-hmm. us. And he's doing a really good job. But we kicked some statistics around. And there's one higher buyer in particular that has 10% of the market share right now mm-hmm. for, for buying homes. Um, and that's telling me that's that's affecting people, and they may not realize it, but it, but it truly is. And people need to come around and take a look at that, and and we need to be reacting to that thing. Yeah, and there is a thing that's um, that this is a, a, a very well understood function of economics. There's sort of a critical mass point in any aspect of life, but specifically in economics, that when someone gets a certain saturation of a market, they can start to affect change on the pricing based on their ability to control it. Um, You know, if there's a neighborhood that only has three homes for sale and they're all owned and listed by the same people, um, chances are they can exert a little bit of control over the values within that specific neighborhood. And when you start going on a grander scale with this, um, there is certainly some things that concern me um, as a real estate agent, but also sort of as a bystander, as a consumer, because I see it sort of going on in, in my zip code. You know, I see, you know, people, um, you know, willing to take a 5% hit on their equities so that they can close in two weeks. And a lot of times, I don't know that it's people that really understand what they're giving up. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times I think, the part that gets to me is that I believe a lot of times um, some of these iBuyers are misrepresenting what the process looks like if you go and you hire a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And um, I think the first time I ran into them, you know, and I get business from all sorts of places, Dave's slow ads, um, referrals and things like that. But as, for instance, the first time I ran into them, just over a year ago, it was somebody, I, I sold their house for them, mm-hmm. and they moved away, and they inherited a house. And there's, I'll talk in a minute, there's probably about three good reasons to work with an iBuyer. Okay. Sometimes there's a good reason to do it. Sure. But in this case, they called, and, and to let you know, we were trading birthday cards back and forth, and good friends and everything. So they inherited this house from the mother. It was a little condo out east, and um, they wanted me to, to list it, and so they ghosted for a while. And a couple months later, I look. And uh, it was sold to an iBuyer. I'm going, well, darn, that's too bad. Now, it was a small sale, so it didn't, mm-hmm. didn't kill me and didn't mm-hmm. kill them. But basically, they bought it for 9 to 10% less than what I would have put it on the market for. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include the service fees that they were mm-hmm. charged. And once it sold, a week later, the iBuyer put it on the market and sold it for about 15% more than what they bought it for. Mm-hmm. So just for that little bit of effort... We probably could have sold it in a week, 10 days, because it was a really nice property. They lost five figures. And the majority of that effort doesn't include the seller, because if the right, seller is right. away yeah, they and away. they want to list it with was, you. It was empty. They lived in South Florida. There was a sister that lived here. So probably they got together and kind of decided, hey, this looks easy. Let's just do it. Um, I don't know if I told you this or not, but the first time that we talked, you made a reference that I thought it was incredibly powerful. Um, and that's a good thing about having this conversations, mm-hmm. not a scripted like um, how much did you sell last year type thing, but just having an, an open conversation. A lot of stuff starts surfacing that it's mm-hmm. um, really cool. And you compare iBuyers to um, the signs that you see in intersections yes. that it's like, you know, sell your house cash today and it has a phone number. And 
I know people that use those and they weren't particularly effective because the majority of people would look at a sign like that and it, it, it seemed a little shady, seems a little bit, you feel vulnerable calling that number to sell your yeah. house. But that's essentially the same exact it thing is. that iBuyers are doing or some iBuyers are doing only with a better presentation or a it's, better it's, facade. It's, it seems more legitimate, but basically it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I did a video on my website mm-hmm. talking about the signs on the side of the road. I buy homes for cash, you know, uh, with a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked about there's probably three or four reasons, maybe three big reasons why you would do something like that. One, you inherited Grandma Millie's house and it needs work on it. And what am I going to do with it? And I got brothers and sisters all out of town. What do I want to do? You know? And it's free money anyways yeah, that free you weren't money, expected so who to Who cares? Get. Let's just get rid of the thing, you know? Another reason would be I got to get out of town, man. You know, I just got, they just discovered that I'm an agent for Vladimir and I'm working on the next election. And I got to split <laughs> town. I got to get out of here, man. And we got to get out and get rid of this house and, and get out of town. So if you got to get out of town, maybe not that bad, but maybe you got a promotion at work. Right. You need to move to Washington State or something and you need to get it done quickly. That might be a good reason as well. Um, another reason that those folks sell it on the side of the road is because they're in trouble. They're, they know they're not going to be able to make the payments on the mm-hmm. house, and we better do something quick, and let's turn this thing around, and let's get rid of it as quick as possible. Other than that, if you just relax and calm down and say, we're going to take a couple of weeks and we're going to get this done, the full-service agent is probably the way to go. So those folks that I just talked about, for those reasons, how much of the market could that be? You know, 5-10% of the market, maybe? Probably not even. Maybe, viable, maybe in Florida. Yeah. Maybe in Florida, which yeah. is a retirement state. Yeah. So viably, there's a, there's a small percentage where it's a good idea. But for an iBuyer to come up now and say they have 10% of the market now, which is what Dave pointed out, one single guy, that's just too much. There's people losing money for no reason. And there's very good reason to use a full-service agent and for that matter a lender too you know we have some issues that are happening with mm-hmm. lenders now too um because you're going to get more out of it you're going to the, the price of a house what's a house worth a house is worth and this refers to what you just said a house is worth what somebody will pay for it so if you don't put it out there on the market and get the thing out there and show the thing you don't know what it's truly worth mm-hmm. if you go to the eye buyer and he just says this is what it's worth we're telling you that this is what it's worth and oh by the way you get to the end and they're going to deduct $10,000 because you need some new roof shingles mm-hmm. at the very end. You're just not optimizing your opportunity. Work work with a full-service agent. And I truly believe that the brokerages need to point that out. That, that's that's the marketing and that's, that's the process that the brokerages and the agents out there, they need to be pointing that out to their customers. Yeah. And the three examples that you mentioned where someone may benefit, um, I, I wholeheartedly agree with most of that. So someone that inherited a home, um, there's another aspect to that, which is the emotional aspect yes. to, of it. Um, having had to do that in my lifetime, I, I, I would have much rather had the opportunity to never step foot into the house because it became a little too yeah. painful yep. um, for me as the next of kin to do that. Um, so that's certainly... Um, if not because the finances don't matter, but because you're trying to save yourself the heartache of, of dealing with it yourself. Um, so that's one, the one thing. And the other one is if you have to get out of town quickly and if you have to get out of town quickly, that's also, um, a, a good option. Um, there's other options. You can use an agent and you can sign electronically. And there's a misconception that people have mm-hmm. that think they have to be here to close on their house. 
you know, you don't have to yeah, be in the same town to, to close a house. You can be anywhere in the United States. You can be anywhere in the world. And as long as we can get you near a notary, um, mm-hmm. you can close yeah. your house from just about anywhere. So, so that's another option that a lot of people are, are, are not aware of. Uh, but there's one other, um, option that I think, um, the, the people, the people are not, really fully understanding and it's that a lot of times now you walk walk into a builder office and they're sort of like the poster boys for iBuyer. So they're really mm-hmm. pushing this because someone is going to build a house and the timeline for a home build, That's um, a good point. Yep. the, 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 the yep. timeline to build a home is not setting stone because it might be six months or it may be mm-hmm. nine months if there's some gopher turtles on the lot. Yeah. Um, and so for people that are uh, sort of risk adverse selling to an iBuyer, understanding what you're giving up may be a good way to mitigate um, your sleep so that you don't have to worry yeah. about like, am I going to get this house sold before yeah. mine is and, built? Yeah. And sometimes that's a good alternative. That's your last yeah. straw. If, I, if nothing happens, I have this alternative. And so my, my sort of spiel is I think an iBuyer is good for anybody who understands what they're giving up and why they're giving yep. it up. And so the biggest concern with this move, with this sort of move um, towards iBuyers for me has been seeing people not know what they're giving up. Mm-hmm. You know, having one of my past clients sell to an iBuyer and me being like, do you understand how much money you left on the table? It's like, well, I mean, they send me comps and they send me an appraisal, he said, which we know yep. it's not, but that's the perception of the layman, um, of a layman, um, that receives this package. Uh, and, and the value is exactly what they say, said it would be. And I was like, whoof. Yes, yeah, is who? That's, yeah. that's the first thing that, that's the first example that I had that, that kind of hit me and was like, there's something wrong with this. And I think they could do a heck of a lot better at educating people on what they're giving up, but they have a vested interest in not doing that a lot of times. Yeah. And there's another reason too, why, why it works. And it's emotional mm-hmm. towards the guy selling his house. A lot of people as realtors, we take a lot of guff. If somebody's not ready to sell, that's the last thing they want to do is talk to a realtor, right? Mm-hmm. We're their best friends when we're in the middle of the process and, and helping them with something that they want to do. So a lot of people are afraid of salespeople. They're mm-hmm. afraid to be sold something, right? Rightfully so. Right? So you even see that that new ad for cars where you can put in this this big token, right? And there's a vending machine and your car comes down and yeah. you can drive it off. How wonderful that is. But you know it's not that the way it works. So I think the same thing is happening with the iBuyers and they're, they're dealing with that fear. People are afraid of salespeople. They don't like to buy things and now they have to sell their house, right? And so they're afraid of stepping into that position of them being a salesperson and they're afraid of stepping into the position of having to deal with the realtor coming in and, and, and having to deal with all that. So there's an emotional part there that I believe that they really try to tap into. And it's just something where if, if the seller, if the homeowner would really think it through and, and, and be working with a good agent and feel comfortable with them, they would never do the iBuyer thing. Yeah, I think a lot of what happens, obviously, it comes back to uh, people are being misinformed yes. and they're being bombarded with a lot of misinformation. And that's... Listen, that's a lot of the reason why some fat diets, um, you know, kind of catch on, even though they have no results. Yep. There's a whole lot of information thrown at people and people are like, ah, it must, it must be good if, mm-hmm. if I'm getting all this information. So that's one part of it. And the other part of it too is I think as real estate agents, we can do a little bit better with, 
putting forth this information. And that kind of brings me to a, another mm -hmm. thing that I wanted to talk about, which is there is agents that believe this should not be talked about. Oh, There's okay. agents that believe that, you know, if you leave it alone, it'll go away. There's brokerages that believe you shouldn't be talking about it and they think it's going to go away. Absolutely. Why do you think that is? I don't know if they just want to ignore it. Um, but there's, there's ways to go about things. I mean, you have to have a business plan. I've been in business. That's what I was telling you. I've, I've been in a couple of businesses and you need to decide how you're going to expand your business. So one way to do it, if, if I'm a broker, I, I just go out and I hire the best agents that I can. I hire as many as I can and they work their sphere of influence and we try to grow my business. Um, another way, and I think it's, it's smarter, is, is to tap into what's going around and put out some marketing. Let's spend some of this money that we're making and put it out there and mm -hmm. inform people mm -hmm. and then bring the agents in and let the agents tag on to the brokerage marketing and talk to these people about what's going on. But I see more of the former than the latter. You were like the first person that I ran into that was really raising the alarm with this. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. I I think there's a lot of things to be optimistic about in real estate. Yeah, I, think, I agree. Um, and, and, and I'm happy to talk about those, and I have talked about them um, in this forum. Uh, you know, I just had a closing where the mortgage company actually sent like two-thirds of the package the day ahead, yeah. and electronic the person can electronically sign that package ahead of time. So the buyer, by the time they got to the closing, they had like nothing. I mean, just a few pieces of paper mm -hmm. that needed to be signed on the spot. That's something to be excited about. Now yeah. closings are not one hour, now they're 20 minutes. Yeah, that's, they can be. Yeah. You know, that's really good. And it takes away a lot of that. Um, that, that sort of feeling of I'm signing my life away mm -hmm. and the doom and gloom that a lot of people feel of this high pressure situation of signing. A, you know, you sit at a table and it has a stack of papers like this. My mm -hmm. goodness, everyone will get intimidated by that. Um, so there's a lot of things to be optimistic. That's, that's just one of them. I think the consumer being able to get more information is a good one. Um, I think I really like the ability for people today days to be able to look at a Google Maps and a street mm -hmm. view. Yeah, and by the time they're walking into the house, they have an understanding about what the neighborhood looks mm -hmm. like. They have an understanding of what's near it. You know, I remember the days of showing up to a house and being like, oh man, there is this power lines or there's this sewage yeah, plant, yeah. you know, behind the house, which you didn't know that ahead of time yep. until you got there. So there's a lot of really cool things. Technology drives a lot of things that are definitely beneficial and they're a good thing for the industry. But I, I just believe we need to be talking about the whole thing. If if someone listening to this can save themselves ten, twenty thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars because now they have a better understanding of the tactics that some of the iBuyers um, employ, then I think this was worth it. And so my first call to action with this was I did an ad in the newspaper and I just kind of like outlined sort of like, hey, if you receive one of these offers, meet with a real estate agent yes. that can help you sit yep. down and, and evaluate to see if it's in your best interest or not. And so that to get an understanding what the market really is doing and what it would look like if you sold with an agent. Mm -hmm. So it was an ad that I paid for that was sort of like a call to action for every real estate agent in town. Sure. I wasn't like, just call me because I'm the expert. It was like, just, just call your guy. Mm -hmm. Call your guy that you trust and that's good. And so I received emails from that, from people saying, Hey, you mind t elaborating a little bit more about what the things that I need to watch for? And so I responded to some of those and that resulted in those people ending up listing their houses with their trusted agent. It wasn't me. Mm -hmm. They had a relationship with someone. But had I not put the newspaper ad out, 
I don't know that that would have happened. You know, that, I, that, that's what I was just talking about. Why, why are we just ignoring it and saying, oh, it's going to go away? And now they got 10% market share. They're going to get more. They're going to get more. Um, let's, let's put that out there so that people realize that, hey, we need to at least talk to Richard or talk to Mario and find out what the real scoop is. Let's find out what the alternatives are. And I think in most cases, you know, 90% plus would see that this is probably the way to go, having a, a trusted advisor to help you. And one thing that I, this this is probably going to be heard more by real estate agents than consumers. And one thing that I would ask real estate agents to do is you are able to get offers on your own listings. Mm -hmm. So real estate agents should be going to this iBuyer websites and getting offers on their listings so that they can get a sense of exactly what that looks like. Because that way, when you go to the next listing presentation, if the seller says, oh, by the way, I, these people sent me an offer. You can pull that out of your folder. You can pull that out of your materials and say, this is the last house that I listed. And this is what they offer. And this is what we actually got on the sure. closing. Yeah, yeah. And so you can bring that as a tool in your listing presentation to sort of squash that idea from the get-go. If you go to the listing presentation and you don't talk about this, mm -hmm. you don't bring it up then chances are those people are still going to try it out and you're not going to get a chance to tell your side of the story. So I'm doing it on every listing presentation. Now, when I go on a yeah. listing presentation, that is part of my listing presentation. Somewhere in between the listing presentation, when I say, this is your market value, I say, by the way, this is the last house that I listed and this is what an iBuyer offer for the house and this is what we ended up netting at the end. I don't know if you've heard what these guys are or what they or what they do, but I'm going to tell you about it. They are investors going out and buying houses to mm -hmm. hopefully sell them for a profit and sort of that's what they do um, and that this is how much it would have costed this specific people sure. to do this. We're not talking about platitudes or blanket statements on specific case where this is how much someone would have left off by doing this. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm doing that, there's two types of people that I've run into since then. There is the people that say, oh my God, I've never heard about these guys. Thank you for so much for letting us know. Mm -hmm. And then there's the people that go like, yeah, we got an offer from them and we wanted to talk to you about it and, and see what you had to say about they're it. Made, they're making offers on our listings. Yes, so that's listed another, homes and they're getting these packages with with offers. Yeah, yeah, so that's another thing that I that I keep hearing is um, that, and it happened to me. So I had a listing um, that was already signed, and my mm -hmm. seller received an offer from them, mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of weird. But at the same time, you know, they're an investor; they're just sending offers. Sure. They're yeah. you know they operate. Um, as a, a, you know, as just someone that's a cash buyer that's coming in and knocking on the door yeah. and saying, "Hey, Richard, would you like to sell your house? Here's two hundred grand." Yeah. That's essentially what they're doing, but you know, it looks a little bit different when they're actually sending a packaged offer to someone. It, it was definitely a little um, off-putting, but yeah, I think I think I think it's better to talk about things yeah, than to surrender the wrong. When that offer comes, they've never talked about it and they're saying, "What is this? Maybe this is a good deal." You know? Yeah, I've always been big on expectations, mm -hmm. and, and I recognize that a lot of times when we're setting expectations and we're providing information, um, we may the unintended consequence of that oftentimes could be that 
that it's detrimental to your business on a personal level because mm-hmm. there is the chance that I walk into a listing presentation, I tell someone about this iBuyer thing they have never heard of, mm-hmm. and now it becomes appealing and they go and they submit an offer and 10 grand doesn't mean much to them. Mm-hmm. So they go with it and I lose on the listing. Yeah. So there is a there is a genuine, and I respect people that feel that way. There's a genuine concern about providing people information and it being detrimental. However, because of the way that I conduct myself, because of the way that I conduct my business, I, I find it necessary to inform people of their options up front, and that's one you're, of you're them. You're always better talking about the stuff up front. Sure. Don't, don't be afraid of it. And that's, that's a lot of what's going on where they're saying we're going to ignore it. They don't, they don't want to bring it up. I've, I've heard that from people saying we don't want to bring it up. Don't bring it up. Yeah, I don't know. In my life, ignoring things, just generally speaking, yeah. not just in business, never really amounts to much more than just things building up to a point where um, then they become worse when you when they do yeah. surface. Yeah. Um, and there is a by the way, there is a point where where specifically when we talk in a business in business, if a trend gets big enough, mainstream enough, there there's a point of no return. There's a point of not stopping it. And we are in Orlando. Someone that's listening to this in in a different state somewhere in the United States where they don't even have iBuyers enter yeah. their market. They don't know what we're talking about. But those are the people that really need to pay attention to this because you can be on the forefront of when they come to your town. Orlando just happens to be the test bed for just and seemingly new, new one coming in. Yeah. seemingly every company uses Orlando as a test mm-hmm. bed for their new product offering service and whatnot. And and that's not just with real estate, but it's definitely the case with real estate. So um, if you're in a different state um, and this this seems a little far-fetched, um, just read up about it. There's enough publications now putting information out there um, on this stuff that I think you will get a, a good sense of sort of how they operate, what their next target markets are, mm-hmm. um, and what agents within those markets are doing to A, benefit from it as a value proposition that you can do to your clients, and B, um, some things that you can sort of help combat it in a way, and I don't mean combat it as in fight it, but I mean provide information to folks so that they have a better understanding. Yeah, of what and it is. give you some insight of where I think we are. Um, there was a thing called the height curve. It was done by the Gartner Group, which is a big consultation company and they would talk about all these new things that were coming out. It used to be voice over IP or whatever it was. Well, it's the same thing in our marketplace right now. The hype curve kind of goes like this. It starts out and we have test markets like here in Orlando and it takes off. And then people start understanding what it is and they put out information saying this is the best thing since sliced bread and it goes up and up and up and sales go up and it gets to the top. And then all of a sudden on every product cycle, it crashes, it goes down. And they call that the trough of disillusionment. Or reality sets in. Mm-hmm. All the reality of it is it just wasn't what it was hyped to be. And then eventually it kind of curves out. And then they start getting their act together and combining it with traditional types of things. And that's where funding and comes off, into place. It takes off. And then it, it becomes mainstream. And I think that's where we are right now. We're in that hype curve. And we're about to hit that trough of disillusionment. Um, yeah. When I talked to David, he pointed out one of the iBuyers... I was having big trouble now getting rid of the homes. So they bought all these homes, and I went on their website, and I saw they had 150 listings right now, over 150 sitting out there. They're trying to sell them. So they're having some issues. Yeah, We're we're about to hit that trough. Yeah, sort of the the good news for them is that they're very well-funded. And so I think what happens when people hit that, when, when, when we're in this hype curve and you start going into the trough, a lot of times the funding dries up and that's, uh-huh. those yeah. are the ones that are going to die there and yeah. never hit that mainstream. Yeah. And so what happens a lot of time, if the funding dies at a specific time, 
then you know people they, start to drop off, and there'll be some right, there'll be some companies that are mainstream that'll take off, and and they'll, they'll start to get it right. But it's still this is still something when I look at the real estate process, nine out of ten times there's always something. Mm-hmm. Something happens either on the buy side or the sell side that I need to help with, and mm-hmm. you can't do it. Technology-wise, you can't do it with an inside rep talking to you. It needs to be somebody that has a personal um, involvement with, well, the, with the buyer and seller and to this make part, it happen. This was um, sort of a part of a conversation that I had with uh, Michelle Joseph with Equitable Title. Yeah. And it's a lot of the things that happen in our industry you know, we want the technology to take off or we want to be able to use these tools that would make things um, a lot more seamless. But a lot of it is also governed by law and yeah. by legislation. And that moves very slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so whereas there's a lot of things that I think um, companies are able to mitigate with technology, there is just some things that we're still having to involve agents and involve parties because there isn't an addendum already created for every sp- specific situation of every transaction. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times um, those have to be developed for the specific transaction. Yeah. Um, there is 11 pages of contract, 12 pages of contract, but um, but in the in the contract doesn't touch on every specific situation with every specific part of building. Um, so it would need to be that way in order for technology to completely take it over. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason it can't. And that's the reason why it's very, very important to have um, a reputable real estate agent handling the transactions, reputable title companies and reputable mortgage people um, that, that are handling the transaction because the aspects of a transaction that are gone, that, that depend on the interaction with these folks are sometimes very crucial and very yeah, one-off. Yeah, yeah. The way we deal with it, um, you know, we have to take an ethics course every, every year to, to yeah. keep up to speed on it. And that's the way we deal with things. Everything is not in black and white. You can't have a rule for everything. There can't be a contract and an addendum for everything. You need to deal with it. And the way that we deal with it is with with ethics, the code mm-hmm. of ethics for for the realty uh, organizations. Yeah. And it's, it's a big deal. It really is. Yeah, it is. Um I think this conversation is going to help a lot of people get a farther understanding in a lot of these trends in the industry. And one of my hopes is that more people start having these conversations because I think on any trend, the key to getting it right is providing the proper amount of education that's going to allow people to make informed decisions until homeowners are not properly informed of their options or until they are only depending on this one source to get um, their information from, there will be misinformed, which will oftentimes yield to bad decisions being made or or decisions that are self-detrimental to them. Um, It is not easy in today's economy, in today's world. If you're a family of four, you have two children, you're paying for daycare, um, you know, and you, you're middle class family to save money. Like it's not easy for people to put thousands of dollars away to be able to walk away from a transaction with an additional ten, twenty thousand dollars That is huge yeah. for a lot of families. I just saw an article that said, um, 85% of people in the United States don't have a thousand dollars in savings. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And maybe I'm maybe I'm conflating the numbers a little. Maybe it was an 85 percent. It was 82 percent. So I don't want to speak out of term. But it, anywhere in that range is it, it's a pretty alarming number when you compare what people having savings 
conversely, when you look at the same study and you see what the average person has in terms of debt. So I think the ability for normal, average people, hardworking people uh, that are trying to raise their families to be able to walk away from a real estate transaction with an additional 10 grand, five grand, 15 grand. That is a lot of money. And, and, and peace of mind, somebody to help you through it. There's yeah. tons of stuff that happened in between those transactions that, that really needs a professional on your side, a consultant, and it can't be done electronically. Just oh, absolutely. And even if you've had a... Re- a lot of people will listen to that and say, well, I've sold a house and nothing happened. It was pretty easy process. One, one out of ten. You one know, ten. so yeah, yeah, you are the exception, not uh-huh. the rule. So chances yeah. are, by the way, I your love next it one. when that happens. I list it and I get five offers and it's sold the next week. I love it when that happens. Yeah, and so... You know, a lot of times it's not what does happen on your one specific one-off transaction is what happens on the vast majority of them. I mean, mm-hmm. as an agent, um, some of the things that I've had to do is I've had to help people fill moving trucks. Yeah. Um, um, I've had to um, pressure wash their driveways. I've had to uh, pay for boxes for moving. I've had to pay for people um, to get a stager in their house. I've had to... Yep. Um, bring ozone machines to yep, get to get, um, the smoke to get certain certain smells I, out I of the air. I helped an attorney paint his kitchen because it was garishly green. You know? yeah. Like, yeah, and and do those other things where it's like you know this is only going to cost me X amount of dollars, and the return for you is going to be significantly yep. greater. So I'll invest the money and the time to get it done, so that that seller can see an exponent an exponential benefit from that one thing. And, you know, those are all the things that real estate agents are doing all the time, everywhere. And I know we're running out of time, but um, the way I'm looking at it, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing what's going on in the industry right now. If you remember that hype curve, I think if you're a broker and an agent, if you tag yourself on to that stuff that's going on right now with all the hype and all the advertising on there and tag yourself onto that and say, you know what, that's all good, but I can help. When we hit the top of that hype curve, the the iBuyer stuff is going to drop. But the people that tagged on to that are going to be up here and yeah. have more business than ever. So it's not all a bad thing. It's definitely not. I'm very excited about the next um, few years in the industry. I'm excited to the fact that we're in Orlando. We see it first. We get yeah. to see it first. Yep. So um, so that's also really cool to be able to see a process from its infancy, see how it develops yeah. and how it hopefully becomes better. Yep. That's, a, that's the all we ask for is that it gets better and more transparent for yep. consumers. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Richard. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, man. Okay.